0: Hello everyone, Um, welcome to a uh, supplementary podcast to our series that we began uh, recently called um, Becoming Biblically Literate. We started a series on uh, that topic recently and um, we couldn't cover everything, especially in sermon form, so we thought we would supplement it with a couple of key voices that have been influential in my studies and then influential in this conversation as well. Um, especially diving into like more technical topics that um, wouldn't necessarily make a sermon. And uh, today I'm joined by Dan Kimball. Dan is a um, pastor and one of the founders of Vintage Church in Santa Cruz uh, on faculty at Western Seminary. He's an author, wrote a really good book called How Not to Read the Bible. And most importantly, he's a good friend of mine. Um, so Dan, welcome. Good to see you. I see you. No one else sees you, but I see you.
1: Yes, it's great seeing you. I can see you and no one else. And that's a sharp hat. You, you always dress. I'm not just saying this. You always dress so uh, sharply. So, yeah, you have a good fashion style.
0: Great. This is, we're done. I think we're done, Dan. Thank you. All right. Thank you for being on our podcast. That was exactly what I wanted to hear. I needed that today. <laughs> it's been a hard weekend really. and I needed that. Thank you. Um, Dan, I um, I loved your book. And, uh, it was really helpful in, uh, studying this book came out during, is it, it came out during pandemic, right? Yep. Yes. It and did. so I hadn't, we did a series called, um, year of biblical literacy way back in 2016 and this book hadn't been written yet, but you and I have had a lot of conversations around the Bible, um, have taught at each other's, uh, congregations and, um, And when this came out, what I loved about this book was that, first of all, your use of memes in this book is off the charts amazing. You have the best, you find the best memes. My first question is, why are memes so powerful?
1: Well, memes are powerful because they are, creative ones are done and they communicate a message very creatively that often you can resonate with and, uh, and and you can come to conclusions from People will come to conclusions or be swayed by the power of a visual and some words that move people towards a direction. And there's quite a significant amount of them about Bible verses and things about the Bible with the visuals of memes out there in, in the internet world and
0: all around. Totally. I find myself when I see memes, especially Bible memes, I laugh or I feel really stupid. You know how yeah. memes can make you feel right. so dumb? Yep. And you, you use them, and then you use memes to, to actually go, why, you know, what does this meme mean, and then why do we not really believe this? And so your, bio, your book's called How Not to Read the Bible, and like I said, it's kind of funny because you use a lot of memes in it, but it's actually really, really helpful because I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we Christians or followers of Jesus uh, or people that are approaching the Bible to learn the Scriptures can feel in their heads dumb, Because like, am I really reading a book that has this stuff in it? So one of the first things that you address in your book is like, one of the things you don't do when you read the Bible is like, don't just read a Bible verse. And I think that's really important kind of place to start. So how would you explain that? Why not read a Bible verse? How does that get us in trouble?
1: Yeah. And and connect that with
0: memes, because that's what memes do. You
1: bet. Well, it's, there are, I mean, when I first, when I'm, in fact, right in front of me, I have the first Bible I ever really bought. It's this little tiny thing, and I keep in here as remembrance of when I wasn't raised in a Christian family, became a Christian, and then got a Bible. And the Bible was confusing to me, um, scary. You know, it's got dragons and demons and battles and a lot of blood and cutting up, or cutting up a person in twelve pieces. And you know, in and, addition to the nice stories of Jesus it's really a scary sort of book with words that are extremely difficult to understand. I remember opening it up and looking at it and it felt like a medical, uh, a technical medical book because even words like we say all the time, like Corinthians, Galatians, like, you don't know what that is. It, I felt yeah. it was like viruses or medical terms and even the columns and the numbers. I remember that whole, ex- i never forget that experience. So one is we have to understand what the Bible is, and I never, I had, that took self-learning over the years, but yeah. going back to your, uh, you know, back to your question is you can extract a Bible, a, a sentence from this book written over. And actually I make a case. One of the things is it's not a book. We, we have to almost get that image out of our mind. It's a book because it's a library written in different genres by different people over 1500 years you know three different languages and all the different cultural contexts and i i really try to envision when you walk into a room when i look at my bible and i've done it enough over the years now i don't look at it like it's a single book like the lord of the rings or something i'm walking into an ancient library and on the left there's uh there's ancient poetry and over the right there's some history books and over down that aisle there's some law books that were written to mm-hmm. a specific people group at a specific time and so in order when i'm seeing a single verse if i don't take into account i'm entering into this ancient library and pulling a book off a particular shelf to then look at that that verse can it, that verse by itself can almost be so confusing and used incorrectly if i'm not thinking of it like i'm extracting a line from a ancient library and certain documents within that library. Um, and, there, and that's why if you p- paste that up with a meme about something, it just, it's a, it can be uh, funny to look at sca- you know, and ca- catch you off guard, and that's how it's used. Uh, that's a long answer to your question, but never read a Bible verse alone because it's one sentence out of an entire library, and you have to put the effort into understanding it, where you can come to a lot of conclusions. And a lot of people have been disappointed in God by single Bible verses, we can talk about that too.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that because I think when you say library, I think you know I've, I I we I just I said that on this last Sunday teaching. That's a very important point, point. and I think it's important. But I think we kind of forget that when we approach the Bible. So I love your um, the way you use your imagination when you grab your Bible. Like I'm grabbing a li- I'm I'm entering into a library, and where am I at? So what would you say to someone who's like, they don't know where they're at in the library. First of all, they don't even know it's a library. Second of all, when they do realize it's a library and they open up to Psalms, how do they know what part of the library they're in? Is that just take like flat out, just you just have to study. You just have to learn what it is. Are you allowed?
1: No. Okay.
0: You're right. Exactly. Here's
1: the great news. Like today, there are so many resources out there for free. Online, like, you know, trusted resources, um, you know, and, and you're my friend with your, your, um, so yours and my friend, uh, Tim Mackey in the Bible Project. I always yep. send people there because if I was sending someone to open up the Psalms, I would generally say, go to the Bible Project website, BibleProject.com, I believe, and then look up the Psalms. And they have, I think, two two or three, I'm forgetting, you know, videos creatively done that will then explain the Psalms place in the library. And so there's so many great resources today to not make it as confusing, but I would always recommend now, always make sure you're using some resources to understand what you're doing. And people have said this, I don't know if you ever get this, well, uh, I just need the Bible alone, and that's it, it's me, God, and the Holy Spirit, and he's given me the word, I don't need to go to extra sources. And I always say back, like, well, you already are, because you don't know Aramaic, Greek, and Hebrew. You've already relied mm-hmm. on scholars to translate it into English to even read what you're having. So you're not, you already depend on, on outside sources to have what is in your hand. It's not a weakness or saying God isn't involved in, in that. But I've heard that as a criticism, you know, like, I don't need to look at resources. But that's the great news. There's so many resources today. And so it's actually exciting the time we're in because we can look at these Bible verses and the book of Psalms and have resources.
0: Yeah, I, I completely <clears throat> agree, Bible Project. I, I forgot, I I would say that, but I haven't said that in a while. Like when you're going to a, if you're reading a, a part of the scriptures, it's really wise to spend seven minutes. Um, you, I mean, it might be seven hours because you kind of get in rabbit holes in on Bible Project mm-hmm. because it's so good. But seven minute video on like, Leviticus and how it fits into the library of scripture and how that leads to Jesus. I think that's really, really wise and really good. Just like yeah, I've, I've been the time reading the Bible for, for several years now, every single time the I,
1: no matter how many times I'm reading it through when I hit Leviticus or whatever, I watch the Bible project videos to start. I got my routine, even though I've watched them several times and the notes are in there, it really helps uh, for sure. And that's an easy free resource for people.
0: What would you say is like the, the goal of reading the Bible? Like if someone's like, "Why, why would I have to read? Why read the Bible? Why not just like listen to sermons? Why don't I just go to church and listen to sermons? Why have to read it?
1: Um, I, what would I you think, say as a pastor and a scholar,
0: yeah. as someone who's like teaches yeah. this at a seminary level?
1: Well, I would say this, someone uh, can be put faith in Jesus with a very minimal knowledge of who he is, you know, and, and hear about the gospel and, Death, resurrection, you know, payment for our sin, put faith in Him, and you're you're and you're and you're saved. You know God in that way, but um, but God has given us you know the whole the Holy Spirit inspired Scriptures. God wants us to know Him more than just that way, or more than just through nature. You know, seeing that there's some sort of God in nature, and sermons are incredibly important and helpful because they the Bible in the New Testament talks about we need teaching. Um, But it's the same thing, like you can, it, you can get by with that. But what I know is that God has given us the full scriptures. And the people that I know who have grown the most, made impact in lives took, had the Bible on their own more. And I think teachers can be leading people into daily scriptural study, you know, or at least once a week, you know, whatever it is. Um, I can't stress that enough. There's a proverb, something like, I'm going to botch this up, teach a man to fish. You know, I want to say man and woman to fish. The proverb, I think, says, man, Mm -hmm. teach a person to fish. Uh, I'm sorry, feed a person a fish and you fed them for a day. Teach a person to fish and you feed them for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I see that like the role of teachers, pastors is like, you know, uh, give a person a sermon and you feed them for a day. You know, give a person the tools of how to read the Bible on their own and you feed them for a lifetime. So, it's just I think people miss out when they're not at least in the scriptures even a little bit. They don't have to be scholars, but I it's it's life changing because then you you start thinking about God every day. The scriptures are alive and active. They're changing your mind. They're changing your heart, your emotions. You start the more the scriptures are in you, you start thinking scripturally. Um, you you think about the positive things and then about forgiveness and grace. Like I can't imagine not understanding God's forgiveness and grace that I primarily remember Bible verses and and the theme of the entire Bible. All right. So basically teaching and preaching is important and it's needed. I think you miss out if you're not
0: digging deeper,
1: I don't like say deep and taking more scripture regularly.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. What do you like today as you, um, pastor students at um, uh, from UC Santa Cruz and a lot of the deconstruction world in and around the church and I know you you deal a lot with it in your book as well. Um, what are you saying that like hinders people the most when they approach the Bible? What's like hindering and stopping people?
1: Well, one is um, well, this is kind of a, a recent phenomena of TikTok and memes and things like that because I think in the past you would you'd have difficulties you know maybe reading the bible and understanding what it is but today you're having a lot of and I want to uh, understandably talked about but false understanding of the scriptures being taught non-stop you know um and I know I'm, I'm on the loop on tiktok like so I see all of the things that are once you're on it like I see all the bad stuff you know but uh it, but there's a constant bombardment of you know you've heard this bible verse god's a bloodthirsty god god hates women uh God, you know, God is like an evil God almost, you know, or all of these things that are brought out over and over and over again. So the danger is if you don't know how to respond to those or think of those, I can understandably see why people get, um, I don't want to be part of a faith like this. Or I, I like Jesus, but I don't like Paul. Like I like Jesus's words, but I'm reading these things from Paul. I, I don't like him at all. And and it's just causing a, a mix up on I think who God is, who G- who Jesus is, and and the whole and the, but it, the answers are in the scriptures. So, um, but the scriptures are being used to disprove the scriptures by pulling out difficult things, and then if you don't, if you're not prepared, it's very easy to be swayed by memes and TikTok over and over and over again. Um, and and this is a part. and I don't to get into this because a lot of the disagreements are on cultural issues that would be a lot easier to say. Um, no, I don't believe that because a lot of scripture, scriptural guidance may go against cultural norms of our day, and that makes it easier than to say I don't want to be in be into it. But so much is answerable. I, I'm, I'm repeating yeah. myself here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so much is answerable. I think the two, the two barriers that I've I've seen is one exactly what you picked up on. I think that most people when they read the Bible and even me as like I'm I've given myself my life to this like this this library of books that I'm learning and teaching and living into. And even I, when I read, I'm trying to to read it in defense of what someone has said about it that that does not accurately portray the Bible. How do you uh, get out of that total... mode? How do you how would yeah. someone even get out of that mode to where you're reading the Bible and you're not reading all these like memes and things that people said and things that are, you know, comedians say about it and all this other stuff, how do you get out of that mode? Because you're reading, it and you're like, Oh my gosh, how do I defend this? How do I approach this? Is that what it says? Oh my. And how, how do you flip that mode around?
1: Well, for me, I, I, I have the same, I think it's always been there for when I, whenever I've learned, I'm always thinking through like, how would I explain this to somebody else? And I think with all of these, you know, these, um, I mean, the subtitle of the book, if i look at it, because the, the thing, Making Sense of the Anti-Women, Anti-Science, Pro-Violence, Pro-Slavery Scriptures, like, because those are the ones that pop up in our culture about being the Bible's pro-slavery and it's pro-violence and anti-women and all of this. And whenever I'm reading any of these verses, I'm always saying, all right, how would I explain this to somebody? Um, the anti-women verses or the very strange verses. And, for, and I've just developed almost a natural because I read the bible way of like how would I explain it and then I dig in a little bit and find things out and and I may not necessarily there's some things that we don't know for sure but there's so many things we do I've developed a code I'll, I'll say this quick when I read my bible I have pencils and I underline things uh since it's not a video I won't show it but I underline things in yellow Uh, because the yellow means they're kind of theological issues about Trinity or different things that I might see. I have um, red, which is kind of warning passages, blue are happy passages, green are generally about prophecy. And I have purple, which is very strange and difficult passages. And my Bible is filled with purple. Like it's probably the, (laughs) the thread of the main color theme is like purple and blue. Uh, But it's because there's so many odd things and it forces me to stop when I read something and then say, what does this mean? And then it's exciting to look into it, actually. Um, they, I, I mentioned, I, there's uh, an example of something is like when in, in the United States in, I think it was 1925, there were a, um, there's there's a law and it's allegedly, I looked it up on lawyers' website, so they say this is still true. Uh, allegedly, there's a law that you, it's illegal in Arizona to have a donkey in a bathtub. And there's an actual law today about it. And that sounds bizarre to us. And you go like, what What in the world does that mean? When we read some of the verses in the Bible, they sound so bizarre and strange. And why would God care about that or whatever? And, but when you look into that donkey story, uh, it was in 1925. There was a farmer that had a donkey. There was a flood, a river overflooded or something. Moved the bathtub with the donkey into some big mud pit. It took so long for them to get it out. Like, you know, hey, Farmer Joe, you can't keep your donkey there anymore. And they made a law about it. So if you live mm-hmm. back then, you go like, oh, that makes sense. Don't keep a donkey in a bathtub. Of course, that's Farmer Joe. We don't do that. But to us, it's so bizarre. And that's why Bible study methods, you got to go back and look what was going on then so you could understand it. It may sound very bizarre to our world today because we're not living in that world. So that's why just looking at a Bible verse, you know, we could take a, a meme of a donkey and, uh, you know, don't, and like, what is, what is silly law? And then look at that, you know, American law's And no, back then it meant something and a purpose. And that's what happens with the Bible. Uh, Don't cook a goat in its mother's milk. Um, Women be silent. Like these verses that you pull out and they put up there. And then just by themselves, it sounds horrific or horrible. And you have or a lot of slavery verses. And that's why the extra bit of study, you start going like, oh, okay, there are some reasons for that. Oh, there are reasons for that. Some are still difficult to understand. God used violence at times. God didn't start slavery, but He allowed slavery as, but not slavery like we think of it today. You know, was, that's a whole another discussion. You have to even mm-hmm. define what slavery is when you start looking into it. I I can tell you, it just it lessens it lessens some of the the angst, even though it's difficult things still, but then I'm like and it's so exciting to do that. All right, I'm talking a lot back to you.
0: No, I I'm loving this. I think this is true because when when we're reading when we're reading the scriptures and I mean I have many 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 years of study and spent money going to school to learn, but if you don't have that and then say you didn't grow up in the church, you don't have all this like like Christian furniture and framework and stuff like that. Like what would be the like what would be like, here's what you need to know when you're reading this thing? Here's what you need to know. You need to know these like four things or five things. Yep. What would those things be? Like, like this thing, like I love the Bible project's definition of the Bible. It's just a library of writings, both human and divine, that that together lead you to Jesus. And I, yep. I think that that is a very important thing to know. like the this is written by humans and inspired, and led out, and breathed out, and written also by God. And this whole thing is is leading to Jesus. So keep that in mind. Keep this in mind. As this happens, you're reading the Old Testament, and there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that, like you said, made so much sense, and it was so liberating, and so even, to use a buzzword, progressive at that time, that Mm -hmm. then is a shadow of things that passed away and now they're fulfilled in Jesus and that we don't do those things anymore. And there's some things that are moral that were there that are still that Jesus not only doubles down on, but actually takes it deeper and way deeper than ever before. Like, no, that was, you thought you had that, but you didn't really have that. It's actually way more deep than that. It's not just about, you know, looking at someone lustfully. It's about the intentions of your heart. So Jesus takes it way further so some things yep. just takes way deeper and further, and some things are shadows that passed away. And so keep that in mind too. You might not know what it is, so suspend your judgment until there's further information. Like well, what are the what, what are some memes, other things?
1: Yeah. Well, the Bible memes. What you're just saying is like I can. So many of them. I'm pulling a verse out of Leviticus or whatever it might be, and they mock it. My, you know and and just the Bible verse alone, but like most of them are like so many of them. They're not relevant for us today. We're not under the the law of Israel, so I don't have to have you know um, plant my crops in certain ways or fabrics and mix fabrics like those aren't relevant to us anymore. And that sounds like you know the donkey kind of story. Back then, when you go back, there were uh, there were specific reasons about mixing fabrics, not planting and all uh, crops side by side. They all were in whether they're tied into worship of other gods. All different reasons. There were reasons they knew. Um, and, but they certainly sound fun and mock Christians by pulling them out. But I like them. That's irrelevant. Those memes are irrelevant, but they make, for today, but they make people distrust scripture. I, the four things I'd say in answer, one is the Bible is a library, not a book. If we can approach the Bible and really envision it as a library, that makes such a big difference because when I'm opening up the Psalms, I'm going to read the poems different than I would a law book. I'm not going to open a law book and then think, and, and read it, um, you know, like I would the, a poetry, right? And, uh, and then also if it's a law, then I have to say, is this law applicable to me today? Who was it written to originally? And, and you know, I go to the, uh, you know, a narrative book or a historical book, I'm going to read that more as history. That would be different than poetry. So once you start realizing that, you don't just pick up the Bible and just start reading it and uh, and just want to take it in through a modern lens. We're reading it, Realizing it's an ancient library with all those things, a second one, and this is comes from John Walton, uh, who I believe spoken up at Reality in the past, mm-hmm. is the Bible is written for us, but not to us. Yeah, the Book of Galatians was not written to, you know, uh, Reality San Francisco in the year 2023. Um, it was written to uh, the this to the church in Galatia who were dealing with the Judaizers and the Gentiles. I mean, how. What do you have to do to follow Jesus? And, and was there legalism involved? And there's circumcision talked about in there. You know, uh, those things, it, we're not talking about circumcision checks going into, your, you know, the, the church building on Sunday. Are you circumcised? Yeah, don't come in. Like, you know, like, we don't do those. But it was very relevant back then. But then there are parts of Galatians, you know, we just were teaching on the fruit of the spirit here the past several weeks that are meaningful for today. But that's why you have to look at who is it written to what are the things that were written to the city the church in galatia what are the things that we can apply for us today but we have to recognize it wasn't written to us but for us to understand god and his workings through people through history like that's so important that's why we get so mixed up when we claim verses this is damaging for people i claim a bible verse and then it may not happen like some promise that i feel god made and it might have been not made to us. And then if I claim it's from God, I'm going to get really disappointed and think God doesn't care. When a lot of people get disappointed in God for things he never promised us, but they'll use Bible verses of promises generally He made to Israel, a lot of the Old Testament verses and things like that. So that's the second one. The third one we already talked about, never read a Bible verse. Same kind of thing. It's a storyline. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would highly recommend anyone... Uh, any Christian to become familiar with the Bible storyline, be able to draw out Genesis through Revelation, and kind of like, because then you see that there are different time periods, different covenants that were made. Because you're you don't read, you don't open up The Lord of the Rings and read the bit about Mordor and there's Gollum and Sam and uh, Frodo with the ring. Like also, when you read that without understanding the backstory. It's got, you're going to come all different kinds of conclusions of what's going on. So uh, always, if you understand the Bible storyline, then, you, oh, this was a covenant made to Israel. This is the new covenant with Jesus. These are the things that are in this part of the story. So understanding that storyline is so important. And the last one you said was like never, uh, all the Bible points to Jesus. I'm not saying Jesus in every verse. But when you understand the grand storyline – Oh, that's now these sacrifices can almost make more sense. Um, It's not saying, you know, this isn't saying Jesus is in the, you know, the wood of the ark represents the cross or something like that. But it's when you see that it's this, I'm right now, you can see me. I get like excited thinking about this because it's like, Mm. it's such a great story. (laughs) Like, you know, yeah. and, and, and I just wish people would grasp that. And that's why I'm, and get into the scriptures more. And as soon as you put some of these basic things into place, it just, it's like, now I'm getting it now. It, it's still difficult to read, but now I'm seeing it and there's resources and it changes our, my heart and my mind towards God. And then when my mind and hearts change towards God, then I'm, I'm, I'm treating my wife, Becky differently. I'm treating different. Like, and then I, it's so important. All right.
0: Mm. Another long rant by Dan. I, the Bible. No, I think that's really really good. A really good summary of like how do you approach to begin or even continue to read this this library of books? I would the other ones that I would add to that cuz I think they're so good. I would add The Way You Ended. I would just add another layer of like approach this like a like a work of art that teaches you that is trying to form you into becoming a kind of person. Like Mm -hmm. read it as like, when someone watches a movie and they can't think deeply about the movie and they don't turn it over in their head It kind of drives me crazy, especially if it's a movie I love. Like, Mm -hmm. no, what did that mean? What about this character? What about this like subtle thing that happened in this character? And what about that look that that character gave that other character? And what what about how this connected to that? And actually, you know, all of that stuff, there's so much meaning. So I would say, it's, it's like a beautiful work of art that ha- it means something. Every part of the Bible means something. If you don't understand it, it doesn't mean it's meaningless, and it doesn't mean that it means what you think it means and why you're offended. Right. It means something. If you give your life to it, if you literally meditate on it, spend time thinking over it, there's probably layers and layers and layers deep. There's probably different facets that you can turn and see that will absolutely not just blow your mind, but... I'll still let you not just discard it. You don't like just throw the Book of Leviticus away. Like it doesn't mean anything. It actually does mean something. And if you go to it and learn it, even though a lot of those things are are things that point to Christ that are like shadows, there's still deep meaning in it that is applicable to our formation. So I think that too. Uh, like don't don't read the Bible thinking if because I don't r- understand this or because I read that meme or that person, that podcast listened to, the other podcast listened to, all of a sudden, like, I'm going to throw this away, or I'm just going to, I'm going to judge this thing without stopping and meditating and going, first of all, this means something. Even when I've taught passages that are hard, I've looked at the congregation and said, church, this means something. Even if we don't understand it with our modern ears, this means something deep. So we have to meditate on it. We have to turn it over. We have to spend time thinking about it, implications, and so I would I would definitely add that to that because I I think the Bible, like you, is such an insanely beautiful story, a story that does have authority that's mediated by God through this these writings, and the authority that it has in our life has the authority to form us, change us, transform us. You know, that's the idea. That we're shaped by this, that we're terraformed. That there's internal things that are happening in our lives that then tr- help us to treat other people, treat the world, treat our the, our, our like horizontal relationships um, a lot differently under the light of God. Mm-hmm. So and
1: I think a premise too, and this is I hear more and more about this. Um, a premise and I know you and I have the same understanding is like God did give us these scriptures. You know, by through His Holy Spirit, through different people, different personalities, different you know, all all of that. But a starting point for me, and, and is that I have to then right. If God gave us this, like it's not like the Bible says or the church says. I'm always like God's Holy Spirit guided people along to write what He wanted to in the originals. You know, and I know there's some, mm. and I always say there's probably five percent translation error through through time and i'm sorry you know copying error and things but you know the majority of it is we can have confidence god wanted us to have this and that's why we then put effort into it to know him and to know life and then there's things that we may not like this is the tough part we may not like some of the things that are written or the some of the stories when god did use violence my ten, like i don't like couldn't have done it differently or like you know, um, but then I look at all that other, the whole Bible storyline and I'm like, all right, he did use violence at times, but that's not his theme. Uh, and and then I trust. And there are some things that we have to say, I don't understand or I I, I struggle. I, I wish maybe this wasn't there, but then we have to yield to not the Bible, not the church, you know, in that way, but to God gave us this and his spirit wrote this through people and I yield my life and and how I will view the world through that lens of the scriptures. Um, and I see a lot of people like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Like what Paul said, therefore, and I really think people, you know, I just hesitate on that because you're, you're not just rejecting Paul, you know, you're rejecting the Holy spirit who wrote through Paul. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's so good yeah, and so I would just encourage um our congregation and those that are listening to give your give your life um, over to this. And if I was for followers of jesus, the the way that I would probably try and persuade you to do so is because Jesus thought very highly of the scriptures. He saw his entire life through the lens of the scriptures. And um our relationship to the scriptures, um, correlates to our relationship with Jesus. And I think that's a really, really important um, thing to meditate on, to think about. And it's not its not an easy book. I think we were, we were sold that maybe when we were young. Like this is easy to understand. It's not necessarily easy. So go slow, take your time, think deeply. You're supposed to read it and go, wow. It's like a, re- a really good movie. You walk out and you're like, I need to think about this. I might need to go watch it again. But mm-hmm. this has to do with like, life this is like really like has to do with life and so you're supposed to like think deeply about it and talk to people about it and go on walks and ponder it and go back to it and wrestle with it and ask god what's up with this like this is kind of how it's supposed to go but because we move so fast in our world we're like i don't really have time to give my life to this and uh so i'd rather just pick it apart And,
1: and i think you know that same thing with time it's like if god is the most important person that we would want to get to know and also want to know what he would want for our lives, you know, like it does take time. And I think, you know, this is this whole issue of like, well, I have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. And all the, you know, you spend X amount of hours on social media. Do you have five minutes for the Bible? Like, it's not like guilting People, it's almost like you miss out. You miss out. It's not like guilting people. It's like yeah. you're missing out, getting to know God more. You get, you're missing out, getting to get some basic guidance for our lives and 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 how how the world makes sense when you know the whole Bible storyline. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's just again, it's it's so life changing. I have this like you mentioned Jesus because like we want to be like Jesus. Jesus quoted the Bible when he was tempted. Jesus read from the Bible when he started his public ministry. Uh, Jesus used the Bible arguments to defend who he was. Jesus frequently quoted scripture during his teaching and his whole life. Jesus used the Bible to talk about future and end times. Jesus quoted from the Bible when he was dying on the cross and Jesus taught from the Bible after he was resurrected. Mm -hmm. Jesus loved the scriptures. And, um, and, and that's, I want to follow Jesus's model and, and his, how he used constantly used the scriptures. And, um, and I hope that we would, long to be like Jesus in that way as well.
0: Amen. Hey, man. Thank you, Dan, so much for your time. Thanks for um, this conversation about the Bible, the scriptures. Um, I thoroughly loved it. So peace to you. Yeah. yeah well,
1: th- again, I say this, I,
0: Dave in reality
1: SF, I've been in your, you know, I think I've taught there three times and been up there once one other time on a Sunday, I love the church. I was so refreshing to be there a couple months ago, and just seeing God in action. And Dave, you as a you know thoughtful, thinking pastoral leader, but thoughtful and thinking. You're like a theological pastor, which is more and more needed. Um, and you and you went to school at a great seminary, Western Seminary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, a plug for Western. I did go to yep. Western, and you're, you yep. are you uh, are on faculty there. Um, Dan. love you. Thank you so much. All right. Love you, too. See you and soon.
1: Love Reality SF. I'm glad you guys are in existence there, making a difference for the Lord there. Amen.